Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I got a call one night. A woman said to me, obviously not of the same persuasion as I was politically, called me and said, there's a dead dog on my lawn. And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, have you called the county? He said, yes, they're not here. And I said, well, I'll get him in the morning. She said, I want it removed now. I pay your salary. So I went over. I picked it up. She said, I want it out of my front yard. I put it on her doorstep. Wait a minute. So when did, when, when was that? Is that recent, Alex? Or do you know, have any idea where that came from? Uh, it was free. He said it yesterday, but I don't know when that the was dog yesterday? story was. Yeah. He, so he told that story yesterday. To, to great laughs. I mean, people were digging it, the, the routine, wherever can he I, was. Can I tell you my reaction, though, which I'll bet is similar to yours? Because it's pitched. It's kind of labeled on our sound sheet as, you know, Biden being nutty and telling his story about a dead dog. Three quarters of the way through it, I thought, you know, so far this is a really charming story about a responsive public servant. Mm-hmm. And then he, he like, gives her both barrels and shoves the dead dog in her face. That's what you get for bothering me. How about a kef care? <laughs> it ends bizarre. It ends bizarre. And, like, hateful. You're right. It's... Did we edit anything out? I mean, is there anything after that? That, that, that is one hundred percent raw audio. Well, I just wonder if he end if there's more where he explains because all it sounds to me like it's an unresponsive government. It's an unresponsive public servant. How dare I call because there's a dead dog on my yard? How dare I? If I do, they'll punish me by putting it on my porch. Right. <laughs> Good story, just, Joe. I don't, I don't quite understand what his point was. Maybe maybe I had to be there. Wow. I wonder, if, I wonder if Corn Pop was the animal control officer and he was too busy uh, running a uh, ring of bad dudes to well, respond Corn Pop to was a bad dude. Often left dead dogs on people's lawns. So we got a little bit of a Biden have an old man moment here, I guess. I haven't heard this yet. 13, can we try that? I started the cancer moonshot, which I worked very hard on in the administration, the administration I served in last <laughs> Yeah, wow. He couldn't come up with Obama. That happens to me a lot more often than I would like, and I'm a hell of a lot younger than Biden. I can't imagine what it's like when you're his age, um, where you just you you know you know what it is, but you just can't make that word come to the front of your brain. But it happens yeah, to him a lot. But forgetting the Obama administration, wouldn't that be like me forgetting where I went to college? And and he was in the Obama administration twice as long as I was at Illinois. That's a decent point. That's a decent point. There's there's my ability to remember the name of the new chancellor of Germany, which I know, but might pop out of my head. But I've I've never like not been able to remember my parents' names. Right. Or my kids' names. I've never ever, you know, uh um Sam, Sam. I yeah, so you're right. That's a good one. Mm. Can't recall where I work. Yeah, they're, they're, you're right. There's a degree. There's a degree difference. Aphasia, what it's called. Uh, tip of the tongue syndrome, it's known in uh, people right. who study that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but there is a degree difference. If you, can't, if you can't come up with your wife's name or the most important job you ever had in your life prior to this one, that's another step down the road. 
Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, I feel like I'm re-prosecuting Richard Nixon for being involved in the Watergate cover-up. It's pretty well known Joe Biden is senile. Uh, speaking of which, let's, we're, we're hot. Why not? How about 15, Michael? Think about it. It was well intended originally when when the child care tax credit when, when the child tax credit existed or early on, because you said, "Well, we got to give a break for raising kids." But I remember it used to drive my dad nuts. Yeah, his his dad was long dead when it was enacted in '97. Wow. Yeah. 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 He really he really struggles, and I. Probably will when I'm his age. He really struggles in putting um, eras together. Like he has memories of this event and this event that are decades apart, and he can't keep that straight. That's interesting. Hey, Esther. We've got a we've got a running joke around here. If you haven't heard it, occasionally you know somebody will bring up 1983. And I'll say, ah, 1983, Herbert Hoover walked the halls of the White House, (laughs) Mickey Mantle hit home runs uh, for the Yankees, and disco ruled the charts. The moon landing. Exactly. But Biden does that for reals. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Seinfeld was the number one show in America. Exactly. So uh, we got all sorts of stuff. You just want to kind of veer back and forth willy-nilly this hour? Kind of seems like cheating somehow. What? Who cares? Not doing my job. I guess I'll just sit down and listen. Well, <laughs> all right. Here's the next thing I want. Uh, I I I said earlier in the show. I I I I I said earlier in the show that I think the situation in Canada with the hair model Dip S uh, Prime Minister declaring the first ever use of the Emergency Powers Act. Um, over the whole truckers protest thing is a pivotal moment in Canadian history and where she stops, nobody knows. I'll be curious to watch that, but, um, I guess, um, intellectual heavyweights, Geraldo Rivera and Sean Hannity got into it last night on, uh, on that show. Is that right? Is that what that was on? Yeah. Give us a 18, Michael. Their behavior has been nothing short of uh, thuggish in Ottawa. They've kept people in the neighborhood awake all night, revving their engines, blowing their horns. They've deprived Ottawa businesses of tens of millions of dollars. Now they're blockading the international bridges. To give them the mantle of freedom fighters is absolutely appallingly naive. And here's where uh, Geraldo gets hanitized. Raldo, you're a friend. I hate to say it. Shame on you. You're calling these guys who don't agree with you that are protesting peacefully thugs. You're calling them selfish. You're calling them self-absorbed. And with all due respect to our friendship, you owe these guys an apology. You know, love you. You're my friend and my brother, and I stand by every word I said. The American Trucking Association is Geraldo, opposed they, to oh, what they, they are doing. Up the bridge. I could, I they could opened bring up the bridge peacefully. They, they opened under, up the bridge. They didn't, Sean. You give you the give them credit for opening up. up the bridge. There was no when confrontation. They were facing, no confrontations. What about the truckers who took what? out the crowbars when the police first tried to move them and hanging the banging well, what, the what, what, uh, what do you, the what crowbars? What do you want, Geraldo? You want the police to go in there and you want them to take? What do you want them to start They've cracking made their heads? Point. You know, it started friendly enough. I thought they were going to kiss at one point, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I'll say what I said earlier. All of my favorite conservative thinkers, and I mean real like they are learned in the ways of conservative values, politics, thinking, etc., 
are not up with truckers blocking bridges and keeping businesses to run. They're anti-mandate, as I am. I don't like the government mandating these things. But if you're going to allow people to protest by shutting down commerce, it'll never end. You just you did, It will never end. There will always be people with a cause they think is righteous enough to stop the bridge from being able to, for, for all kinds of things. Well, and, and if you get into a situation where, and this is just a ridiculous, for instance, folks, but uh, if you get into a situation where you let certain groups burn down cities with impunity and certain other groups get busted for demonstrating, well, then people will lose respect completely for the rule of law. So, yeah, it's got to be even-handed. I, I, I get that completely. And I can think of half a dozen ways the pr- truckers could level some devastating protests without violating so many laws. Uh, um, by the way, uh, just I was thinking as I listened to that clip, at least on Fox News, and this this is true on a lot of shows, they have disagreement. Oh, excellent point. They have people expressing different opinions and arguing with each other. Uh, in the case of let, like Brett Bear's show, it's done on an intelligent level, and sometimes they trade views and learn something. That exchange was idiotic and useless. But at least they will allow disagreement. We should make that point every time. When does MSNBC or CNN ever have two people that that forcefully disagree on a major topic? Never. They have a panel of nine who all agree. Um, and, 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 and Biden, Obama, whoever get away with calling it fixed news or news, if you want to call Fox News, news. Ah, it just frustrates me so much. Now, on The View, they occasionally have a token conservative on there, and all the hens gang up and screech at once until a conservative takes ice picks and jabs out their own eardrums. And who, who, who could blame them for that? <laughs> You come back from commercial break, and they're just dangling there. <laughs> it's their only way out. Uh, so uh, Prince Andrew has settled the suit, too. He's a perv. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? He's a weirdo all the way around. Oh, we're going to play the Anthony Weiner interview, too, at some point. So do we have some Prince Andrew? There was one clip I know I wanted that... Uh his awful interview that he did back with the BBC years ago. Let's hear 40 uh, there, Michael. Prince Andrew dramatically averting a court battle, not admitting liability, but not clearing his name, declaring his regret for his relationship with the late Jeffrey Epstein and commending the bravery of Virginia Jufri and other survivors of sex trafficking. Virginia Jufri claimed she was sexually assaulted by the prince when she was 17 years old, trafficked by Epstein. It was a really scary time in my life. I had just been abused by a, a member of a royal family. So um, this next clip includes uh, Prince Andrew when he did his horrible BBC interview and, and got himself in more trouble. But that right there, the whole th- that's just sickening. I can see how if you're a, 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 a woman who's been a victim of anything like this, how that just would make you so mad that oh, I really admire your bravery. You just settled with her. For everyone's certain gazillions of dollars mm-hmm. so that your life wouldn't be ruined and you're commending her for her bravery, having raped her. That is about as awful as anything could be. Oh, my God. Anyway, here's Prince Andrew. More of that. 
For the Prince tonight, the end of a damaging case stretching back two decades. Virginia Jufri claims she was first assaulted by Prince Andrew in March 2001. In 2010, he's photographed with Jeffrey Epstein after Epstein is released from prison. In 2019, he records an interview with the BBC, widely viewed as a disaster. In it, he says, he does not remember being photographed with Jufri in this picture. I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady. None whatsoever. Then in January this year, he loses a battle to have a New York court throw out the case, and he is stripped of his royal patronages. I'm sorry, that didn't include the clip I thought, where he uh, said some ridiculous things about uh, how he, uh, she said I was sweating and I don't sweat, and, uh, <laughs> and, and was asked if he regrets his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, and he went into some really long story complicated well i learned you know there are aspects but there are learned many things from jeffrey esper and he's a very worldly person and so there was some you're being accused of raping children maybe go with a no i don't think it was a good idea to hang around jeffrey epstein as opposed to like some wiggle room you freaking weirdo we're out of time but i'd hear your theories on what was going on there psychologically to not go with what is clear to 99.9 percent of the population the only answer you can friggin give at that point no kidding more on the way stay with us armstrong and getty Ah, I was going to talk about something different, but I'll talk about this because it's kind of interesting, I think, uh, to uh, to a lot of people. Um, I got a bill for my ambulance ride for $3,600 when I had my gallbladder attack. And um, so well, it's not like you had your bladder attack in Reading and needed to get to a hospital in San Diego, <laughs> you know? Even if I did, why is that a different aspect of the health emergency than any of the other stuff? I spent five and a half days in the hospital, I would assume costing six figures. I I haven't gotten a bill for the scalpel, by the way, that they used when they cut you open. Uh, That you have to pay for yourself, and that is $500. I mean, everything else is mostly covered by insurance, but the ambulance ride, no, for some reason. And I brought that up earlier, and we've gotten a bunch of texts from people, including somebody who said, oh, yeah, I had a a heart attack, and uh, and the ambulance ride I got charged for. Again, a heart attack. That's a for real emergency. I understand if if it's a situation where the, the... Insurance people say, look, your your kid broke their ankle. You could have put them in your car and driven them there just as easily. And we're not paying $3,000 for that. But you have a heart attack or in my situation, I couldn't drive myself. Here's a couple of texts we got. Um, I'm fighting an ambulance charge right now, right now, too. I grabbed my chest and woke up in the hospital, which is .7 miles away. Started at $2,500. $2, I've talked them down to $600. I should be happy with that, but after paying all the hospital bills, I'm not. I'm just kind of overpaying any bills. But uh, I guess they hit you with the big charge, hoping you'll just pay it off the bat, which is the way a lot of companies do. Done a little clicking around. Yeah, I've heard that. And the whole question of is it medically necessary, I guess, is kind of key. You can appeal to the insurance company by calling them, but it will be a lengthy and irritating process. I'm sure it will be. 
Uh, or you can negotiate the price down with the ambulance company. I, our whole health care system is so wacky. Socialized health care is a terrible idea, full of awful outcomes. Our current system is a terrible idea, filled with awful outcomes. Is there a third way, please, somebody? Yeah, like uh, I've got the, I've got a medicine for my son that every time it runs out, it's a battle to try to get the prescription renewed and filled, and they claim this. And then I've got another one. I get a text, I swear, every day for something I haven't wanted for a year. Do you want us to refill blank? No. Do you want us to refill it next month? No. Still no. Still no. As I've told you for the past year, I never want this medicine again. I don't need it anymore. Uh, but that one, yeah, that one I could get plenty of. The one I need, nah, not so much. You got to get on your knees and whip yourself like one of those <laughs> wackadoo pilgrims in the Philippines or wherever they do that to, to prove your sincerity. I know it's just insane. But I would tell you, and uh, don't call nine one one and ride in an ambulance unless you really need to. If if there's another way, if you got a family member, it can take you. It, it probably it'd be fa- it might be faster because you got to wait for the ambulance to get there. Uh, it might be faster and sure as heck a lot cheaper. Yeah, unless you think you're having a heart attack, you're spouting blood, or having a stroke. You know, you're you're probably way better off finding another way. Yeah, I don't know if I could have driven myself or not in the condition I was in, but I would have tried. For $3,600, I would have leaned over in my car screaming while I drove to the hospital rather oh than pay that much. God, but then you got to picture yourself passing out and smashing into somebody or something. Yeah, or whatever. $3,600. Roll the dice? You roll the dice. Take your chances. Of course, I thought I was having a heart attack. Uh, if you miss an hour, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Rescue us a moose. Easy, girl. See how deep it is. Here we go, girl. Chase her a bit. Good work, guys. Good work. There we go. You can almost stand now. Yes. There we go. There's a bunch of Canadians saving a moose that fell through the ice. Hey, Rock, I think it fell through the ice. Oh, Rocky. <laughs> oh, Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle's Bull the moose. Which one am I? Oh, Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle was a bull moose, Jack. This was a cow? A lady moose. Mrs. Moose. <laughs> Ms. Moose. <laughs> Meanwhile, across town at the Canadian Parliament, I guess we have a new tape. I'm afraid I'm going to have to interrupt the honorable, the right honorable prime minister. I'm trying to hear the answer, and I'm having a very difficult time. There's some shouting going on. I'm going to have to ask the honorable members, maybe just keep it down. And if you've got something that you're not agreeing with, talk amongst yourself with someone next to you. You don't have to shout it out to the person across the floor. The right honorable prime minister. Mr. Speaker, you are absolutely right. This is a time for responsible leadership, not crass partisanship. The situation requires additional tools not held by other federal, provincial, or territorial law. It's what responsible leadership requires. These measures must be and will be compliant with the Canadian Charter of Rights. Wow. Let me interpret what was going on there for you as a person who knows many Canadians, or at least a few. The Canadians may be the most courteous people on earth. 
And indeed, you had a very courteous urging, one MP to the rest of his colleagues, to be a little bit polite and come on, let's listen to everybody and blah, blah, blah. It was a very Canadian moment. But then Pierre Trudeau, I'm sorry, not uh, Justin Trudeau began to speak, and the entirety of Parliament said, yeah, you were right, but this guy's such a dick, I'm going to start yelling at him. (laughs) Even though I'm Canadian. Oh, I love that. So the big... Super Bowl parade in Los Angeles starts in about 25 minutes. And I'm looking at some Twitter coverage that says so far there are more cops than fans. And there are quite a few fans, but there is a huge LAPD presence at the parade after all the hijinks after the Super Bowl on Sunday, which since I was a little kid, I've never understood why we put up with that. I don't understand why... You allow people to destroy a city bus that the taxpayers are going to have to pay for because their team won. They get to do that. Well, because the effort to stop them would be so bloody. Once. Mm. It would be bloody once. Wow. Listen to the fascist. Maybe I'm a fascist because I don't think people should destroy public property that I have to pay for. Listen to him putting buses before lives. Um, I think it might have to do that once every 10 years somewhere in America where you shoot the first person who tries to uh, set a bus on fire and then nobody ever does it again. He's an extremist. Uh, Meanwhile, back in Russia, over the weekend, this news just came out, U.S. and Russian aircraft flew really close to each other three times, once five feet apart, which is really close. Wow, in a car that's close. In a fighter jet screeching across the sky? Um, Obviously, if you had a U.S. plane and Russian plane bump and one of them goes down or something, that would be a tense situation. An international incident. Or I suppose it could spiral out of control pretty quickly as you wouldn't immediately know, did they accidentally bump or did that Russian plane just shoot our U.S. plane out of the sky and we now need to immediately shoot their planes out of the sky? Or vice versa. Well, it's been pointed out that when you have as many forces as close to together as they are in the Ukrainian region there, there is a chance of a terrible, terrible mistake and things spiraling out of, uh, out of control. We certainly hope that doesn't happen. And by the way, our Secretary of State Blinken is out saying today the U.S. has seen no pullback of Russian forces. So that whole story that the Russians put out yesterday and then our stupid media ran with as if it were uh, the New York Times as opposed to Russian information. Um, we're, we're saying, no, nah, you're not pulling back. There's nothing to that. Putin's probably in his giant palace saying, all right, what, uh, what the next? What do we do next? Uh, tell, tell American media, Putin fell off horse, broke leg. Tell them, see if they run. I, I don't, I don't understand. I just, I don't understand so many things. Maybe I'm going crazy. So much media, including media, I like saying, so some indications of a pullback, Jim. No, there's not. There are no indications. What are you talking about? Why are we having this conversation? Do we just need to fill time? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what I'm lacking, is they just need to fill time. Yeah. So i got to talk about something. Well, and pullback begins. I would click on that. Nothing has changed. I would not click on that. It's as simple as that. That's a pretty good point there. That's what I do. Oh, hey, speaking of Canada... Which is interloped between, can you use that as a verb? Uh, has interloped between the contiguous 48 states and the great state of Alaska. Mm. One more reason to invade Canada. I'm no warmonger, but I think we ought to declare war on Canada. The fact that Canada is not part of the United States is just one of those freaks of history. I mean, it's just, 
By yeah. all normal good sense, it should have been at some point part of the United States. Same language, same culture, same everything. Just, to a large extent, yeah. yeah. And if the French people in Quebec want to get all French on us, go ahead. It's America. You can do whatever you want, um, more or less. But uh, Alaska, the Alaska Supreme Court just handed down a major ruling. I think a major ruling. Uh, they've okayed ranked choice voting and uh, in a first four primary. Um, so you have you have your big primary election. Um, and you can list yourself with a party, not with a party, nonpartisan, whatever. Top four go into the general election. And then they have the ranked choice voting where, you know, long, uh, the short version of it is, okay, you have four people running. And you, you, you list your first choice, but then you list your second choice and maybe even a, th- a third. And if nobody wins a majority, the bottom vote getter, in effect... They drop out, and you ask all the people who voted for them, okay, your guy or gal didn't win, but among the people who are left, who's your your favorite choice? Until you have a majority. Um, and, and it's thought by most political scientists that would be a major move in getting away from the system, for instance, we have here, where in almost entirely safe congressional districts, you have to run to the right in a right-leaning district. And yeah. whoever's the rightest wins, and and whoever's the leftiest leftist wins in the the blue districts. Right. AOC won because she challenged the sitting Democrat from the left. Mm-hmm. And the reverse happens for Republicans. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've listened to a bunch of smart people talk about this. There's no perfect way to do it, and uh, I'd be willing to give it a whirl. But uh, but but for what races do you advocate it for all? Uh, Elections are just mean like racial groups. What kind of question is that? For all, like, are you talking about for president oh. too, or just just only for congressional races, or do you want it for you? Just think it's a better system all the way around. If I were the emperor, first of all, there would be many, many new laws and traditions. Some of them you would find troubling. I'll tell you what, there'd be a lot of with me. Amuse me. <laughs> I'm not amused. <laughs> Off of the head. Uh, anyway, one of the things I would do is say, you know, the ranked choice voting thing. I love the positives. The cons, and some people say it's too complicated, or the person who gets the most votes could end up losing, you know, in the first round. Um, uh, I've heard it violates one person, one vote. But that's that's a slogan. I mean, that's that sounds good, but this is one person, one vote at a time. And if you can't find a majority, you vote again. And it's still one person, one vote. Anyway, if I were the emperor, I would temporarily put down my wine glass, step away from my orgy, and I would say, (laughs) I would say, hey. Excuse me, I'll be right back. Right. Hold that position. (laughs) Don't stop or don't stop orgying on my account. I'll be back. Um, And I would say, let's try this for the next two elections. And see what we think. Yeah. Let's work out the kinks. Let's see what everybody thinks, right, left, and center. Let's try it. I'll tell you what I've become completely convinced of. Hmm. Here's something I've changed my mind of on on uh, over the years. There aren't there aren't that many things I've changed my mind on. There probably should be more. But here's one I've definitely changed my mind on. The parties should have smoke-filled rooms to choose their presidential candidate. That was a better system than the way we do it now. I didn't think that when I was younger. 
I thought, that's just a horror. A bunch of the elites behind closed doors making the decision without the voter. No, that was a better plan. That was a better plan. I agree. Do you want to elaborate a little bit for those who are not really up on the issue? The idea is that a party stands for some political principles. And Allegedly. They, and, and they pick a candidate that is going to carry those principles into office if they win. And it's more about the party than the person. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, it's all about the personality of the individual. The party has no, doesn't mean anything, really. It means nothing. The platform is the individual's platform. Right. And if you uh, if if the personality that gets the most attention is Donald Trump, then all of a sudden the party is for is a, is against trade. <laughs> but before we were for trade um, mm-hmm. and Democrats, Democrats do the same thing. And it's just it's just not a good way to run things. It and becomes it, it makes it more about personalities, cult of personality and less about issues. I think we'd be better off if it were about issues. Right. Whether it's a charismatic Barack Obama or a charismatic Donald Trump, it'd be, it'd be better if it, you were electing people because of the specific issues, not who seems the coolest. Right. And and some of you all are giant Trump fans, and good for you. Some of you are Obama fans, and that's fine, too. If you're, um, and Trump did some wonderful stuff. If you're big fans for those two people because you agreed with their issues, fine. Right, but if right, it's right. just because you think they're cool, that's not the way to pick people. And theoretically, if the party's choices are repeatedly not responsive to the needs of the people, they will get shoved out of power. Right, right. That's how you get responsive parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and the other problem, the other side of that coin, is that the primary system tends to turn out only the most hardcore activist members of the party. And, you know, it, it's like putting the hardest drinking guy in charge of your New Year's Eve party. Yeah, that's a very good point. So you're getting back to the smoke-filled rooms. The parties will pick somebody that can win a general election. Mm-hmm. The most... uh uh, energized voters who who vote in primary elections, they don't pick who's going to necessarily pick who's going to win a general election. They they pick the person that's the most conservative or the most liberal because that's what they care about the most. Mm-hmm. So I think if you want less divisive politics, you go back to smoke filled rooms. Yeah, well, less divisive would be good and just more effective. Honestly, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but anywho, we will finish strong. That is that is our goal to finish strong. Um, we, you know, we should do the Anthony Weiner stuff again. Anthony Weiner on Hannity. If you haven't heard that, it's pretty entertaining. Always time for a Weiner. <laughs> That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We could do all the background information on this, but we don't have time. So we're just going to have to assume that you know who Anthony Weiner was. You remember, he's the husband of Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton's right-hand woman. He got caught sending pictures of his junk to a high school girl. Became a scandal. Among others. Among others, yeah. He's a sex perf. Anyway, he's so an now, exhibitionist. So he lost his job as a congressperson. And I guarantee you, he thought he was going to be a governor in New York or mayor of New York or president someday or something. He was a hot shot in the Democratic Party, but he's lost his job. He has no way to make a money. His wife divorced him. <laughs> uh, now he's starting a podcast that he wants attention for. So he went on Sean Hannity's show, but Sean Hannity wanted to ask him a little about his past and how that's going. Have you changed? Are you a different person? Well, um, 
I think so. I don't think anyone can go through that kind of experience, and I think this is probably true of people who have been through other types of adversity. I don't think you go through that type of experience and don't emerge changed. Well, wait, that's wait, but um, Anthony, wait a minute. So that's I think it's fairly Anthony, obvious. That's an obscure answer. That is a weird answer. Are you a changed person? Are you different now from the guy who sent pictures of his erections to 15-year-old girls? Knowingly or unknowingly, I don't know. Well, and how does he not understand that Hannity's asking him, are you still showing pictures of your crank around? Have you changed? Are you a different person? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Here's more. Can you assure people, because you're going to now try and draw in an audience, and they're going to want to know if you've changed or not. Have you changed? They they can judge for themselves. I'm sorry? I said they can judge for themselves. I'm not out to persuade you or anyone else. I'm not out to try to convince anybody that I'm no longer showing my genitals to kids. I'll let you decide. It's not, I'm not, you think what you want. I don't care. What? No, if people thought that about me and I hadn't done it, which is, he claims he didn't do it on purpose, and I don't think he probably did. Um, he wanted to show his genitals to grown-up women, so that's a weird <laughs> thing to do, too. But I don't think he did it on purpose to young girls. But anyway, to, 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 to not be concerned that people think that? What? Yeah, and, and I, I thought it was hilarious how Hannity says, uh, pardon me? <laughs> and, and Wiener repeats it. And, and Hannity should have said, no, it's not that I didn't hear you. It's that I was so astounded by your answer. I can't comprehend it. Clearly, Hannity is maybe their friends is setting up softballs for Wiener to dig himself out of a bad personal spot and try to rehabilitate himself. And he's not biting. Sean Hannity is trying to rehabilitate you and you're not biting. Wow. And wow. one more. If you want, you can tune into the show, and you can hear if that <laughs> so is the way. You're but if on you my say, show now, you say Andy, to I'm someone, giving you the chance now to do it. I know, but it. you invite it, you invite it. I know you invited <laughs> me to come on, and then you say, did you change? Yes, and I answer the question. I say, I, I believe that I did. I believe this kind of experience would change any person. And now right. you're having a conversation with Curtis, with me sitting here about my answer. All I can do is give you the answer, brother. So I don't know if he just wanted to get attention to, to promote his podcast, because this is the only way I heard about it. If you'd have given Pat answers, maybe I wouldn't have heard about it, and I wouldn't know he have a, had a podcast. But if somebody asks you, you, you can't say, I'm not out to persuade people one way or the other. You're not? Because I would be. So he's enough of a psychopath that he doesn't get what Hannity was driving at, but he's not a good enough psychopath to pretend that he gets it and that he's changed. So he's just a mediocre psychopath. <laughs> song there needs to be a four minute version of that here's your host for final thoughts joe getty almost soul asylum ish you know uh let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew there he is pressing the buttons our technical director michelangelo michael well i have been converted we bought an air fryer in our house and i love it oh really it's when the greatest I, thing ever i'm gonna have to talk to you about that <laughs> as a single guy who can't cook and got kids who need to eat. I need I need to get on board and with them. The best thing is, if you forget to pull something out of the freezer and it's frozen, it'll still cook it great. Oh, Just pop it right I in there. I need that. I need that. 
Wow. All right. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. He has a final thought for us. Alex? You will find things to put in those air fryers. I love mine at home. Mm. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad at the baseball owners because it should be pitchers and catchers reporting today, but instead we're going to listen to bureaucracy. I'm mad. Oh, boy. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us? P.J. O'Rourke, the writer, died yesterday, so we'll go with the quote from him that we like. In honor of his memory, there's only one basic human right, the right to do as you damn well please. And with it comes the only basic human duty, the duty to take the consequences. That mm. is a great quote. Mm. You got any of those funny ones still laying around? Yeah, I do. You want to hear that? I'll cede my time to the gentleman from Kansas. Well, this is my favorite one. It's not political. A hat should be taken off when you greet a lady and left off for the rest of your life. Nothing looks more stupid than a hat. <laughs> If only he were still alive, we could interview him about his antipathy toward headgear. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Thank you for listening. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have some great links under hot links. You can email us if there's something we ought to be talking about. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Pick up an A&G t-shirt. Stupid should hurt. Huh? Got some swag there for you, and you can listen to all the podcasts as well. We will see tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. Their behavior has been nothing short of uh, thuggish. Yeah, I don't think you go through that type of experience and don't emerge change. I expected more. The pathetic spectacle. You're locking up my toothpicks. Yeah. What in the hell heck are we talking about? So let's go out with a bang. Uh, God is a Republican. <clears throat> take two. God is a Republican. <clears throat> take three. <laughs> Michael, how much tape do we have? Probably ought to check. (laughs) On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.